I'm in, I don't know. Luca, where are we? Are we in Midtown? Midtown. We're in Midtown We're in Midtown. It's kind of northern Midtown. part of Midtown. Midtown, Midtown, yeah. I'm in Midtown, Atlanta, and I'm at a wonderful pizzeria, uh, Veruni. And with Luca Veruni, the pizziola and owner of, of Pizzeria Veruni. And Luca has two locations. One here, which is his original. And then he has one in Krog Street Market as well. Now, Luca will talk to you to us about pizza and what makes great pizza. But really, I want to know as well about life in the States. And what, what is that life like <laughs> to be a chef these days in the States in a place that's so strange and wonderful in so many ways, but is going through a lot of craziness. Right. So what, what is good about all that? But first, you started with another group. You started at uh, Pizzeria Antico. Antico. Yes. Um, and Antico was really the first in Atlanta uh, because of, I think, your skill set and what you did coming from Naples to bring truly great pizza yes. to this area. We had some okay pizza. It's very Americanized yeah, when, pizza. When I moved in Atlanta, I remember, like, you know, very vividly, like, that there was no non-Neapolitan pizza. So that was one of the attractions that made me come here. And uh, I was going around at that time, like, you know, Leanne, my wife, she was uh, my girlfriend. So I moved here for, uh, for about weeks. And I was checking as a main Italian restaurant and a pizza pizzeria around. And uh, I discovered that there was only Neapolitan pizza. And I said, how come there is only Neapolitan pizza in a city that, you know, it's upcoming as Atlanta? And then the rest, it's pretty much history. Like, you know, I met uh, uh, Giovanni. Yeah. And we decided to open Antico Pizza together. Giovanni is the owner of Antico and Gino, Gio's uh, in Atlanta. So, and you opened up together? Yeah, we opened up um, Antico together. And uh, Antico was just, an, uh, it was an idea. It was not a pizzeria. It was an idea. And uh, our idea was to make, like, you know, this Neapolitan pie and uh, pre-make them. And cook them seventy percent, and then sell them to 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 markets, and that's the way we started. And one day I remember, like you know, I don't remember who was the blogger that came in, and she started to ask us questions. She was uh, fascinating with the brick oven, and from that day, like you know, we decided to switch from uh, you know. That, that that's, was that's, that was the day that changed everything, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's great. But I mean, Antico's story and and how the the business model is really interesting. You walk in, you kind of queue up, you go to a counter, uh, you're spending eighteen to twenty four dollars on a pizza. Yeah. it's a pretty big pizza. It's meant for more like two people, right. but right. not four. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get it, you order, and you get a drink, and you get a little placard, and you walk to very industrial tables, very simple. Mm-hmm. Um. And you sit down and your pizza's fired into an oven and uh, the pizza comes out and it's delicious. Uh, but what you brought to Varuni that's a little bit different, I think, is just raising the bar even a little bit more. Exactly. And I really, I mean, though Antico is always about great ingredients, uh, you're really the master of finding amazingly interesting ingredients not even interesting, but just the best of the best that you think are necessary. So, first of all, let's talk about what is a Neapolitan pizza. Like, what's a pizza from Naples? What's the difference between a pizza from Naples and a pizza that you would get in New York? Okay, so like a pizza in New York, as you guys know, it's uh, it's a pizza that's been cooked like in a um, in a gas oven, which like uh, sits in that oven for about seven minutes, for about four hundred fifty to five hundred degrees. And is this the impatience of Italian people that you want to cook it in like one minute? 
no, like you know, the 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 one minute thing is like you know, yes, Italian people they are very impatient, they are very passionate. They want like they they when they want it their way. But uh, Neapolitan pizza gets cooked like in that oven because uh, that's the history of a bread. You know, pizza is yeah. really related to bread. And um, in, um, in Naples, like, you know, we use the brick oven, which back in the day, if you think about Naples, early 800, there were not that many ovens. There were like maybe a few ovens in the city. And everybody used to go there, make it a pizza. And back in the day, there was a guy selling a pizza in a stove. Stove, it's just a metal round uh, uh, container where, like, you know, people were making pizza in, in the morning, selling it to the wise guy, the street kids in uh, Naples, and they used to fill it up with this stove to, in order to sell the pizza at night. Okay. That's why the texture of a Neapolitan pizza is so wet, it's so fluffy, because the majority of people, they had to pr- pr- pretty much work the entire day in order to, to buy one slice at night. That's why we are really... The inventors of uh, uh, fast food. Yeah. Everybody thinks fast food. It's American because thing. it's yeah. made in the morning, reheated, yes, and sold yes, at night. Yes, it's a street food. Yeah, which uh, then with time it become really the the food for everybody. Like now, like you know, everybody wants to make a pizza. It's cool. It's, uh, it's yeah, uh, it's the hip thing at yeah, the moment. Exactly, but exactly. it's been hip for a long time. I think things can become hip. Or there's things that are iconic, exactly. and great pizza is an iconic thing now. It's it's no longer just hip. I mean, we're we're not going to see. Uh, it's it's not like uh, it's the it's not like a poke shop. That's a fad, right? You know, that's a blip. It'll right. go away. Frozen yogurt is a blip. It'll go away. Pizza, pizza's it's been it's here for stay. a thousand it's years. Gonna, it's it's gonna it's gonna stay. Actually, like you know, two years ago, uh, the pizzaiolo, the pizzaiolo, which is uh, the pizza maker. Uh, back in the day in Italy, it's not, not a real job. It was more like, you know, if you cannot become a, a chef or a good chef, uh, make pizza. Then with time, the pizza maker became like really an art. And two years ago, like, you know, the UNESCO made the, the role of a pizzaiolo uh, protected under UNESCO, which became like something. Yeah. It was a big day for us. Yeah. It was really, it was really a big deal. And that that fraternal order of pizzaiolos, what's it called? Pizzaiolo. Yeah, but but the uh, the group, the Neapolitan Association. That's the, the Associazione Vera Pizza Napoletana, okay. which like in Naples, you have about two or three different cities association, which they try to prevent people from uh, talking poop about Neapolitan pizza, but like a disaster because now nowadays everybody thinks you can buy like you know the best oven. The uh, good-looking oven, and uh, just um, buy the caputo flour, buy the tomato, and then you make Neapolitan pizza. It's not like it's that not simple. Like that. Yeah. You got you got to freeze the skill. Like you know, there's someone who can understand like uh, how the wo- the oven works. I, but say- I, I have like I have this thing about simple food, and my yeah, line but- to young chefs is that simple food is actually the most difficult to make exactly. because it takes the longest time to really learn the purity of the idea of it. Like roasting a chicken, anybody can roast a chicken. Whether you can roast the best chicken, that's another that's story different. because that takes a lot of technique and a lot of learning. So, where do you learn to be a pizza maker? Like, what, so like how, uh, how did you come up in Naples? So, like in uh, in uh, Naples, like you know, there is there are pizzeria one next to each other. It's pretty much like uh, New York. It's like uh, what Atlanta is becoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are pizzeria coming up. Like you know, every every other week there is someone coming uh, new in Atlanta. Which, to be honest, with you I'm happy because competition is really what makes. Uh, People uh, get better, you know, and uh, understanding, even your guests, understanding, okay, what's the difference between uh, this pizza and the other pizza? 
but going back to your uh, uh, question i think the that uh, uh nowadays like you know uh simple food it's really the way to do it mm-hmm. but uh people try to complicate it over complicate it too much so like uh, it's good when the people like you know like vera pizza napoletana they trying to defend what uh, my the people previous over me did but uh, nowadays it's hard because uh, again like uh, you might be under the association vera pizza napoletana which they come they check you out they make sure you use the right ingredients the right oven and then two months three months from now they might switch to a different oven or they might switch to a different product so it's really it's really a big mess up there. so how do you make the dough what's the process for making your dough? the dough like you know we make a dough like you know the regular way which we uh, use just the four simple ingredients flour yeast water and salt the uniqueness about our dough it's the yeast we don't buy yeast we don't use like you know the uh, the chemical yeast we make our own yeast which is called madre it's actually a little bit more complex as a project because um, the madre it's like a living uh, uh it's a sourdough right, starter right. it's a mother so, right yeah. so like you never know the way that you know really reacts so you got to keep very careful the way you use it and we refresh it like this madre which is just like you know water and the flour with uh we refresh it every day every time we do our batch You're and it. yeah we're feeding it so like the the good bacteria that it's like in the air interacts with the do you find that different like is the taste difference here than in naples no because the, the different yeast in there no like you know it depends because even in naples like you know from one pizzeria to another pizzeria you're gonna taste the difference if you use like you know regular yeast or like a madre yeast because the flavor it's a little bit more complex with the madre yeah but uh a good pizzeria can make a great pizza without the madre like you know madre nowadays it's another uh gimmick right. everybody want to use a madre because uh you know it That's sounds like nicer like yeah. you know or like you hear story about people i have a disease for about 100 years so it attracts like people that you build a story but uh, it's completely it's over complicated i did it because uh, uh i wanted to when I opened up uh, Barui Napoli, I wanted to do something uh, different. I wanted to, I didn't want to be classified or compared to other pizzeria, which I was compared to other pizzeria because when I came here, I, was, I opened the Fritz Neapolitan Pizzeria, which was uh, antique on the west side. Yeah. So when uh, I decided to open my own uh, brand, people like, you know, it's normal. People are going to always uh, going to compare. Yeah. But the guy that really made myself uh, stronger and my mentor, it's uh, Enzo Coccia. And so gotcha, it's one, uh, I believe it's the first pizza maker in Naples that has started to dissociate himself from uh, the typical pizzeria. And he said, all right, I got to make a good dough. I got to use this uh, uh, pizza. The pizza dough, it's like kind of like my plate. I want to put the best ingredients that I can find on this, uh, on this pizza. So that's, he was one of the first guys that, you know, start to go back and uh, let me understand more about San Marzano Tomito. Because even the San Marzano Tomito in Italy, uh, 10, 15 years ago, was dying. Because right. uh, Monsanto, like, you know, Monsanto, like, this big company, they tried to, uh, to kill, like, the original seed. And then, like, you know, you, you don't have this, uh, yeah, this, uh, this product it. anymore. Yeah. So, like, I have, like, a great, like, a relationship with uh, Gustarosso and Danny Cop, which the owner is uh, Paolo Ruggiero. He's a young guy like me. And he's super passionate about San Marzano. His uh, dad uh, was the president of the Consorzio San Marzano Tomato. 
and uh, it does a great job with uh, the tomato. And if you if you go check the way that they they grow this tomato, they are grown by people that uh, they are average 80, 85 years old. So they're old, but they work harder than uh, than me. Is like, there another generation coming along to save those uh, tomatoes? And to uh, be honest, soon people? right now, I every time I go check like their land and then we go check and check the quality of the tomato, I don't see young people around. They're it's just, getting uh, older and older, right? And that's the fear is that sometimes we have beautiful exactly. products that are done and the next generation just doesn't want to take hey, Who's going to do it? And you're like, ah, what are who's you going to do? do it? Yeah. And uh, people complain, especially south of Italy, people complain about there is not enough job, there is no, there is no, there is no job. But nowadays, the new generation, they really don't want to work hard or like the way that my dad worked or like the way that I worked to to get to my I don't think you would have said that 10 years ago uh, I think that's I think we're of that age now where we say it because you know we're getting older but yeah yeah, yeah. I still think they, they work hard they're just you have to you have to find what they're interested in and what I I think we're at a good time with the younger generation is that they find things and they will research it and do more um Sort but, of learning about it than any other generation I've ever seen. That's that's if correct. you find them the focus to do it. But at one point you gotta leave your computer, your internet, and you gotta go out and really experience like you know what you learn. Like you know you gotta walk the land and uh, smell these tomatoes, smell these basil to really see like all right what I studied, what I researched. You know I gotta back up by actually touching it, like yeah. living it, like you know. And nowadays I see like you know majority, which is great because. There is more knowledge about product. Back in the day, uh, if you were knowledgeable on, on food, on, on pizza, and I was not knowledgeable, you could tell, tell me whatever you wanted. You know, I could You'd believe, it, believe it. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, you are going to believe it. Especially, I, it's, you, I think it's more difficult for chefs and waiters now. They right. can't lie anymore. Exactly. Just, now, <laughs> like you can pull it out a recipe or like a product. You like can the, pull out your phone and exactly. search anything. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. So we have to be transparent with it. So, and there is a lot of people that improvise. There is like you, people improvise a lot. Like you know, people turn like in a chef on pizza, or like uh, whatever, like you know, from one day to another. Yeah. Which to me, it's uh, it's it's uh, you know it's. Uh, it's our job to make sure, like you know, we it's do embrace and uh, yes, yeah, and your your adherence to the values and the products that you have needs to be continuous and needs to be very consistent. Right. So, so with these summertime tomatoes, you're going and importing them directly. Yes. Okay. So, so we've so been yeah. How many times a year are you bringing in? I mean, this is massive shipment. Yes, we uh, have been bringing like tomato like since 2013. When I start, like you know, the the project on Baruni Napoli, and we buy about each each pal each container contains about twenty to twenty two pallet, and they come here like you know at least twice to three times like a a bit three times a year. Could you find something a little less heavy? I mean, that's can to weigh a lot. No, Where do like you store a, to, to uh, yeah, we storage like a majority of the stuff gets storage like you know in the main location. We have a, like a loft area uh-huh. where we storage, and then like the the back dining yeah. area, we storage everything over Basically, there. Basically, there are canned tomatoes everywhere. In this <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, when we've got a good like, you're known for the most uh, authentic, the authentic, but but the simplest pizza in the world, which is a margarita. Yes. So a margarita has tomatoes, summerzanos. It's got uh, beautiful mozzarella. So let's talk about that. And then it's got salt and then it's got basil. Yes. And that's it. 
Yes, so like that's that's why like you know margherita is my favorite pizza. Margherita is the pizza that you know I'm uh, very proud. And uh, reason why because all the ingredients we use it for they all come from uh, from Napoli. So like you know from the same city that I where I was uh, born and raised. The only local product that we use on our margherita is the the basil when you can find a good local basil. But uh, yes, the San Marzano comes from the Sarno uh, area of Naples. And it's funny story because, you know, San Marzano are from Naples, but the original seed, we were talking about seed before, comes from Peru. was a, a gift that the, one of the king of Peru gave to the kingdom of uh, Naples. And luckily for us, when they were, like, you know, uh, growing the, the tomato, like the best like soil for that type of tomato was the volcanic soil of the area uh, Agro Sarnese Nocerino, which produced, like, you know, not the best, the only San Marzano tomato. Because uh, you see San Marzano tomato and the Kenneth is a product of uh, California. It cannot be. Yeah. California, they got great tomato. But call it California tomato. Don't it's, call it San Marzano it's tomato. It's, it's like champagne. It's, champagne it's, comes it's, it's, from one place. Uh, right. You know. Exactly. It's like exactly. Pecorino Romano. Comes exactly. From one, exactly. One so, like, I don't. That's, that's the thing is that uh, 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 it makes me mad. It makes me mad because when you go there, you see the reality about uh, these farmers that uh, they are three times my age and they still work 12 hours a day with their, uh, with their back, like, you know, it's, uh, it's really, it's upsetting me because there is people that they put so much love and passion in order to preserve and have that reality that was almost like, you know, dying. But this this uh, sort of transparency of product is important, mostly with Italian products, because there's been a lot of history of things like extra virgin olive oil from Italy not being really extra virgin olive oil, San Marzano's being not really San Marzano's. So, but it sounds to me like you've gotten to the bottom of the issue and are trying to care for the product through the process and also eliminating all the middlemen in exactly. between. The middleman, it's a problem because like sometimes when you buy, when you talk with uh, um, suppliers. First of all, they don't have the knowledge. They really don't know the difference between a plum tomato and a San Marzano tomato. So my first question is how you're going to be able to sell me a product if you don't know what you're selling me. Pretty much you don't know your job. And I had like a lot of, of this argument with um, uh, the, pe- the, the, the suppliers in the beginning because uh, everybody came here, buy my tomato, buy my tomato. I said, I'm not going to buy any of your tomato. Any of you, I'm going to bring my own tomato. When I bring the tomato here, and everybody call me crazy, why you got to go over and do all this? And they tasted, the suppliers in Atlanta wanted to buy my tomato <laughs> and give me five cents on top of each. And I said, it's not about the money. And even if I want to say yes and make like a dollar on it, it's not going to work because we cannot supply some Marzano tomato to the entire Atlanta market. We don't have that many. It's a very the same thing from me. Like, you know, the reason why I can receive it, one, because there is a great uh, clear relationship between me and uh, so the producer and two because like you know when i go there i buy so much and i buy like you know i gotta pay this tomato six months ahead it's uh, they're gonna get paid before they get shipped to america yeah and uh if you don't ever die if you cannot do that you're out yeah yeah and then okay let's talk about the cheese let's talk about mozzarella Ooh, what's the mozzarella you're using Okay, we use two types of mozzarella. We use a buffalo mozzarella, which the buffalo mozzarella I like to use just for the margherita pizza. Because margherita pizza being so simple, the, so San Marzano sauce, mozzarella, uh, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, and, uh, and the basil, 
you can the buffalo mozzarella is um, to me in flavor it's uh, superior to the fresh mozzarella of your latte because it got a little bit more acidity a little mm-hmm. bit of, it's a little bit more sour so you can kind of like taste like you know the the grass that is a buffalo like you know eat it like you know in south of italy and release a little bit more of uh, water there is more fat so when like you know when you cook it and release a little bit more liquid which uh, for americans like you know it's sometimes a problem because you know everybody are used to a crispy well done new york pie so when you do like an extremely authentic uh, margarita pizza it's going to release uh, in, oh, more uh, more water more fat because it's uh, the crust will have a fair bit of right. color on it's it a real the bottom cheese will have a little not, bit but it, then the top is going to be almost right. soupy in some right. ways and it's meant to be that way it's meant to be the, that the way good and cheese does that exactly it's meant to be that way so like even in the beginning when we opened 90% of the people say wow i never tried it like that it's great and the 10% of people, how come it's not the same pizza you used to make? Because it was not meant to be that way. It's, uh, it's right. a, you know what I mean? It's, I wanted to do something that one made me happy because that's the pizza that I grew up with. So I didn't want to find any compromise. I didn't want to Americanize it. I, I think just, if you're making 90% happy, you're doing pretty well. I think, In this yes, world? Yes, but yeah. uh, when the people like they know you've coming from a different concept and mm-hmm. that concept was working and then like you know you want to put your uh, there's an expectation they, for they might think it's a spin same. it's not yeah. actually a spin it's uh the the way that you know neapolitan pizza need to be made and then with time like you know become a spin because i like to say i love in the consistency consistency like it's what a mix or break a restaurant but uh if you check a picture of my pizza they're completely different from the first day that i opened the restaurant because uh, like uh, us, I think your product, I'm, I see myself in a pizza, like you evolve. Like, you know, so like uh, my product, it's always the dough, it's going to be pretty much, hopefully, 99%, 95% the same every day. And it cannot be the same every day because it's a natural product, you know, a, a change with humidity, a change with humidity in the, in the flour, a change with the heat. So it's something that's going to completely, it's going to be changed, but you want it to, to be closer to the to the same one like you know every day but uh uh things are gonna change it and you gotta make sure like you know that uh, if you find uh, like you know a better tomato which i didn't find since i opened that's the only product that's been the same that's since same. we opened it. but buffalo mozzarella fresh mozzarella we did the change multiple times because if i find a better supply if i find like you know someone that cares about their cow their buffalo more than the the previous guy, I'm gonna change it. I'm yeah. uh, I'm loyal, and faithful to to my suppliers, but it's all about the quality. But also the are avail the availability of those products has changed immensely in the last exactly. ten years. Exactly. So we see new stuff coming out on the market and different products that have been there for years, maybe in Italy, uh, and finally being brought over and imported, so you can get better and better quality. But then you've got olive oil, uh, and olive oil, are you. In yes, yes. that one comes directly from uh, uh, Sorrento. So okay. there is a small frantoio in Sorrento um, um, that um, I... What is frantoio? Frantoio, it's you like a small press? a small company that, you know, press uh, olive mm-hmm. oil. Okay. Yes. Because I've seen it on so many olive oil bottles. So I don't think I ever knew what it meant. <laughs> so, like, um, I was... Um, I met them about eight years ago through my dad. My dad is an accountant for a big produce company. 
So that's where the love for the fresh ingredients come from. My dad, like, you know, from dad. And um, we went there, we tasted like the oil. They pressed the, the, the olives cold, like the, 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 mm-hmm. the way they used to do it. And we fall in love for this oil. And when I went there, like, you know, the tomato guy, and I said, I'm going to buy that much, bring in Italy. They were left at me because uh, not even in Italy, sometimes you have a pizzeria that they buy the quantity, the volume. And they say, like, all right, this kid is young. What is doing? <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, and then with time, like, you know, when they saw the ordering, uh, play, me placing the order time after time, time after time, it's all right. It's happening. Yeah. And uh, that's what makes me happy also because... Uh, I'm able to generate like work and new jobs in uh, in America, but uh, I'm able to help like you know my my people in Italy by bringing something that represents me and them in a different country. So you're, you're running two economic cycles yeah, here, but, which is and, brilliant. Uh, and yeah. I love my job because to me I'm a messiah of uh, Naples, not just a messiah of a pizza, messiah of like city of Naples. Like it's a city that uh, that beside the pizza has so many uh, great culinary things that. Uh, now people are just discovering nowadays yeah yeah so we've got two more ingredients that are going on a margarita one is basil what mm-hmm. kind of basil are you using we tend to use like you know basil that doesn't have like i don't love a basil with big sleeves and right. sometimes when you don't buy local basil like basil sometimes majority of times if you don't find in georgia especially when it's twat comes from florida or like sometimes comes from uh uh, Venezuela uh, and uh, Mexico. And the one from Venezuela, it's very strong, but the leaves are super big. Mm-hmm. And uh, you put three leaves, like kind of like um, cover the entire pizza. And I don't like that. It's a camouflage. Yes. It's not cool. Yes. Yeah. Cool. But basil can be so tender uh, and wilt so quickly. So how are you keeping the basil like vibrant? So the basil, like we buy a lot of basil for the two pizzeria. But uh, we tend to make our order like, you know, every two days. Okay. So we tend to buy, let's say like, you know, we buy 10 to 15 bags of basil every two to three days. Because as you know, like, you know, the basil is extremely uh, tender, like, you know, and if you don't put like in the right spot in the fridge, it's yeah. going to turn black right away. Yeah, it goes black yeah. like that. Yeah. So. Okay, so basil is covered. Now we've got the secret ingredient, which to me isn't an ingredient in a lot of ways, though they're better quality ones, which is salt. Yes. So where's your salt coming from? The salt comes also from Italy. Comes from Italy, not from Napoli. No, so it comes from uh, La Salina di, di Cervia, which is in north of Italy. Okay. And their salt, it's called the Sale dei Papi, salt of the Pope. The reason why it takes the name from the Pope, because it's such a good salt that the first batch of, uh, that they get ready, they send it in Rome to the Vatican, and the Pope kind of bless it. So from there, like, it takes... Uh, the name of the the of the, the 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 of the salt, and it's actually called to the sweet salt, which is not such a thing as a sweet huh. salt, but uh, the it's a little bit sweeter than uh, other type of salt. Okay, yeah. is it very fine or yes? Is it, okay, fine as salt. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yes. So, with opening businesses here, and the second business is in one of these more modern food halls, right? which is called Krog Street Market. And Krog Street was kind of... Was Krog Street before Ponce or after? Krog Street was before Ponce. So the two main food halls that have made Atlanta... They've really changed the dining scene in Atlanta mm-hmm. a lot are Ponce City Market and Krog Street. And Luca's got a Veruni in Krog Street. It's done very well. 
But these developers just constantly want to do something new. They want the new developments everywhere around in these models of, of food halls. And I worry that there aren't enough people to support all these things. So when we talk about rent rates, I always look at, you know, coming in at, you know, eight or below now. It used to be five or below uh-huh. and five percent of my gross. So, I mean, is it achievable? Because you're in a business that's so volume. Like you have to do a lot of covers right. to do well. Right. I come in fine dining. My ticket average is much higher in a lot of ways. So I have to do less people. I'd like to do more, but yeah. To make it. Yeah. yeah so it's, I'm, I'm wondering like how many more food halls can we do around Atlanta? Like does that type of food hall work anywhere? Like what's the magic mix? Like how many people do you need to have around you? Because Americans, to me, I think the food hall is kind of like, it's kind of like our vision of what Europe is kind of like. That's right. I yeah. grew up with like that. I grew yeah, up with the food, food hall. Food. Like, it's just, but, uh, there's stuff everywhere. Right. But more than food hall was like, you know, open market, which that's the idea of uh, all these food halls that are opening in uh, in Atlanta and, uh, you know, any other city in, um, in America. The reason why that I decided to go with Krog, because I was coming back from a trip from... Uh, Madrid, and in Madrid there are so many nice uh, market. You know, kind of like the Mercado de San Miguel, mm-hmm. which uh, they fascinating me because the food was great, and what I liked about it was people they were uh, going around, but they were not able to sit. And in Europe, like you know, we can eat standing, you know, drinking standing, which in America it's a little bit different. So when the people from Krog, like the original owners, like approach me and they say, like, we really want you there. I wanted to do it, but I was a little bit um, struggling because it's it's not Europe. You know, it's no it's not Europe. It's not gonna be Europe. And uh, people here, like you know, they wanna they want they like uh, something like in the market changed. People like you know want something better. They are willing to spend a little bit more to get something that, you know, they saw, like, from a previous trip. But what I was scared about Krog or, like, other other markets, it's uh, seating. You know, like, uh, there was not that much seating. There was no... So people were forced to stand up. Yeah, they were forced <laughs> to stand up. Yeah. But uh, my type of a pizza, it's not like your uh, New York pie that you can uh, eat while you walk. You know, like, you know, it's, uh, it's the sauce. It's going to be sliding from right to left. So I said, like, let me, let me try. Let me try because I think, like, you know, that the, the market is changing. And to be honest you, I was fascinated by the amount of pizza we sell at Krog on the weekend. We have uh, one oven compared to the two oven we have here. And the place, it's, uh, it's small. It's an under square foot. And we do on Saturday, we do from five to six, 600 pie with one oven. It's, uh, it's incredible. How many pies can you fit in one of those ovens? Uh... Okay, so like we can fit like the the size that we have in Monroe, which is a 14, 15 inch pie. We can put like you know four four pie easily in but the But they oven. cook so quickly that you and they have cook to so have quickly. really right. agile. Exactly. To and be that's why we keep around. like two oven because in Naples, any pizza you're going to go, you're going to see always one oven. Just nowadays in, in Naples too, mentality changing. Pizza makers become more a businessman. And uh, you start to you start to see pizzeria with two, three, or four oven inside. 
But um, uh, with one oven, that's the way we always operate in Naples. And there are pizzeria that might make like, you know, thousand pie in one day one with oven. one oven. Yeah. And that means that, you know, the pizza maker over there, these skills are uh, enormous. Yeah. And that's one thing it's hard to find uh, in America, especially in the south of America, south of the United States. It's easy to move the logistics. It's easy to move people around. But it's uh, it's really hard to move your culture. So when yeah. you when you are gonna have a pizza pizza coming here, which they worked for uh, so many pizzeria in the city or so many chain, they come here and they struggle because uh, we do Neapolitan pizza and our pizza like it's uh, it's soft, it's wet, it's a room temperature. Uh, you know, like uh, you know, you're not gonna put like a steak right from the freezer and put on the grill, it's, you're not going to have the same result. Right. Same thing with our dough. We don't yeah. pull it out the dough from the fridge, and then we smash it on the table. We make sure that the dough has been out for two, three hours in order to reach room temperature, because the process of Neapolitan pizza, the main ingredient of Neapolitan pizza that we didn't mention, it's an ingredient no one can see. It's hair. Yeah. So you got to make sure you collect the hair, and you can press that hair through the edge, that's why you have that puffy, light uh, edge, because uh, the air gets accumulated through the edge, and then when you pour like in a 900 degrees uh, uh, oven, the the heat is going to make sure the edge is going to rise up. No, it's, so you're, you're rolling it out, and as you're rolling it out with your hands, you're forcing from the center with your knuckles almost to to create a sort of um, a bevel along the side. Exactly. And that bevel, it contains air. And as it hits the really hot oven, the oven's at how, what heat, 850? 850. Perfect temperature, it's 850 to 900. I tell the guys never to go above 900 degrees because you're going to blast the pizza. It's yeah. going to be raw. It's going to cook in less than, uh, when you cook pizza in less than um, a minute, 55 seconds, it's a raw pizza because it's going to get black. On, on the, the edge, on the, and raw yeah. in the center. But in the center, it's gonna be, it's yeah. gonna be dough. It's, it's like gonna be raw. Cooking a chicken yes. in fifteen minutes in a five hundred exactly. degree oven, you're, and you can you're uh, kill somebody. Yeah, and you can uh, you can um, BS a lot of people because a lot of people that come here just from what they see on TV or from what they hear or what they read, are your home in thousand degrees? And I always say it can go to thousand or more, but you don't want thousand degrees. Yeah. You don't want to get sick. So what kind of wood are you using? Is oak. Originally, okay. like I like to use oak or a beech. The beech, which is a lighter, like you know, type of wood, you really want to just to to start your oven, or do you want to use it the once your oven it's a room temperature? Uh, a temperature, you don't need to put like you know, big piece of uh, wood. Is beech easy to find around here? Beech, it's not easy it's to find. Not easy, like, so yeah, yeah. so like I struggled for a long time about the beech. I found it at times, but you know, was coming from a different uh, uh, region. And it was uh, extremely expensive. So what I do, I buy the, we call um, wood dust. So like it's the same oak that we use it, like oak, like it's what you need to keep the, the bottom of the uh, oven hot. That's mm-hmm. what cooks the pizza. The dome, you need just to roast like you know, your uh, ingredients and to give like a little bit of a flavor and smell, you know, to the pizza. But like the surface that really cooks the pizza, it's the bottom one. So if you have like a really hot top dome and a really low uh, uh, bottom on the oven, your pizza is going to be terrible. It's going right. to be, yeah. Yeah. What would you never put on a pizza? 
Like what? What do you see on pizza that you're just like, why would anyone do that? Chicken. Chicken. Uh, I won't put like you know the. I won't put like chicken on pizza because again, like you know, pizza like you know it's been around for long, bef- long, long time. Way before California pizza. Way, way before California pizza, and uh, <laughs> the 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 fritz pizza like you know they were just uh, not even sauce. Sauce was a uh, was not an option. It was expensive, and uh, pizza was really like a, a something to feed yourself, something to get full. So it's like pasta was though, but Americans like we put way too much sauce on pizza and we put way too much sauce on pasta mm-hmm. um, because we don't really understand right. that it's supposed to be like a perfection through simplicity of that base starch. Exactly. And that's what's the exactly. important part, but that's what pizza starch yeah. is. Yeah. The, the fish pizza, they were just like, you know, uh, focaccia yeah. with uh, uh, small fish. So like the fishermen, when they throw their net in the water, these small fish, they're not even anchovy. They're like, kind of like the, 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 the little babies of the anchovy. In uh, Naples, we call piscitielli, which I don't know how to translate uh, here in America. I think it's like minnows or something, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And that's what they used to use it. Then, like, you know, with the, the tomato came in a second time, and then mozzarella came really in the early 19th century. The first pizza that, you know, uh, that was called Margherita, was uh, created by the, uh, a guy called Esposito, Raffaele Esposito, which is a pretty like a known story. He, the, he pretty much market, marketized the Margherita pizza. He's the one who invented the, the name. Because the, there is like a story and there is a books that they can show and prove that, you know, the sauce and the mozzarella was already on pizza a century before him. But what it, this guy did, pretty much like he was a good marketing guy, and give the name to the pizza. Uh, the name took like you know from the Queen of uh, Italy, Regina Margherita, and that's like you know that's the story how Margherita like really born. But the Margherita pizza has been around much uh, before like uh, what he claims. What do you? What is the uh, the sort of spread that's the fermented fish with the chilies? Um, the the alici? Like capana- what is it? Alici? Yeah, alici. Yeah. yeah. We, so alici, like it's the, the pizza with alici, it's the it's the original pizza of Naples. Okay. So margarita, it's it's uh, my favorite pizza. It's a great pizza, but the pizza that you're gonna see in Naples in everybody on everybody menu, and the pizza that a lot of people tend to eat, it's the marinara, right? Which there is no cheese because the cheese was expensive. It's expensive now, and it was much more expensive back uh, back uh, then. So it was it just like sauce, some marzano sauce, small uh, uh, alici. And, uh, well, why marinara means from the sea? How right. did marinara become just tomato sauce in the United States? Uh, exactly. Like, uh, I, 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 where's uh, the fish? Is uh, it supposed to just have anchovy in it? Or? Which sometimes I'm afraid to call marinara in the restaurant too, because uh, when you call, when you say marinara, like uh, people, like you know, they think about uh, what you guys call the 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 pronto sauce, like you know, what comes oh. of the the the. the, the I don't even prego know the, the prego, like you know, which uh, like my guys when they taste like we, when we train them, it's like, what a minute, like, but it's so much different from I said exactly, like you know, I don't know what these people like you know did. We're not answering the phone. Uh, yeah, well, we're we're uh, we we busy. <laughs> no, but it's funny in translation how things get lost. But yeah, so you come here. How long have you been in the states now? Fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Canada, so I've been here 24 years now. Wow. So, 
But how does it feel to be an immigrant today? I feel I feel great. I feel yeah. great, like you know, to it's uh, it's. I became an American American citizen about five or six years ago. Me too. And uh, it was one of the most amazing ceremonies oh in my that God. room. Oh my God! Like you know, there were eighty-two people, or eighty people, or eighty different countries. Same thing with me. Like we were about hundred ten people, and the guy said that, like it was about ninety different country. And it was like you know, to be honest, you like it was uh, it was a uh, it was a nice day. Like you know, it was a tearjerker. I mean, I, I, mean, I was uh, just like touched. It I mean, so yes, beautiful. it was emotional. Like it was emotional. It was so many different people. Like and after so many years, like you know, spending time here, I really now can tell. Like you know, I'm a part of this culture. You know, because I feel uh, I'm an American, and uh, America did like you know so much for me. And uh, but I feel uh, I feel uh, fortunate because uh, uh, I can uh, use the boat culture. You know when when it pleases me the most. So when I go in Italy, you know, press the button, you are Italian again. Yeah, you are here, like you know, and uh, you are American, like you know, and uh, it's um, awesome to see like how these two cultures, like you know, they are different, but sometimes they complement each other. Yeah. Well, we're citizens of the world as well, and right. that's the beautiful right. thing. But right. it's. Uh, it's a good thing, I think. Yeah. And it's, but it's, it's a respect for, for the place, but it's also, to me, a respect for everyone, that they, they can come here and find success and, uh, and do what we do, right. and, which is cook good food. So that's good. Luca, thank you very much. Oh, thank it's you. Been thank awesome you for having me. Talk. Thank you. Great. Everybody come by for a pizza. Yeah, we're, we're going to have one now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks,